there is a secret strategy known by top realtors on how to get their buyers lending rates down right now. We're going to learn about how to do that today. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I'm your guide and host through the show. And today, once again, is our monthly series called Learn with a Lender with Joel Schaub from Guaranteed Rate. Now, Joel is a vice president of lending at Guaranteed Rate. He's been doing loans at a high level since 2003. He got to that level because of what he does specifically for agents, which is that he gives back part of his commission to the buyer on every transaction. Now, last year alone, Joel gave back over $300,000 in closing costs to buyers who worked with him. And that puts Joel's volume in the top one-tenth of 1% of all loan officers nationwide. In fact, out of 400,000 lenders in the country, Joel is currently ranked number 137. Last year, oh, you know, I, I deleted Joel numbers from last year by mistake, but he did an incredible amount of uh, production last year. Um, But this year, he has closed already 137 transactions um, for just shy of uh, just under $60 million in loans. Um, If you're ever looking for a loan officer, we could not more highly recommend Joel. He's the very best we've ever worked with. Joel can be reached at his email, which is joel at rate.com, J-O-E-L at rate.com. Or you can shoot him a text message or call him at 773-654-2049. Let's say hello to the biggest Cubs fan I know. Hey, Joel. DJ, thanks so much for having me on again. And now uh, we feel like summer's in full effect. And uh, I'm really excited to be sharing kind of what's going on behind the scenes and mortgages so that the listeners can either close one more transaction on the buy side or maybe get one more listing. And it's always my favorite time of the month when we connect together. Me too. And, you know, this is a time when it, it seems like there's a lot of activity in the market. And the two major grumbles or complaints that I hear is low inventory and rates not being where we would like them to be. So I'm curious to sort of get your take on what's going on today in the market and how agents can take advantage of any opportunities that you see. 
And the third grumble, right? It's just my stomach before I have breakfast, right? It's got to be the third one. It's rates yeah. of one, right? Lack of inventory. And then maybe the days where I skip breakfast. But no, DJ, you're exactly right. I, I feel that uh, it's strange that these rates being as high as they are, you know, just below 7% right now, haven't scared off buyers in the sense that we're seeing two out of three homes going to multiple offers. You know what I mean? It's amazing. And so when you have these properties that are actually hot and they come on the market, uh, there's multiple offers on these. And it seems like it's the dichotomy, right? There's properties that sit and they're listed incorrectly or they're the ones that are priced correctly. And buyers are still saying, I'm gonna pay you 20 grand more than the listing price, 30 grand. Uh, and with the rates being this high, it's not the way it should be, but there's a major lack of inventory in all the major metropolitan markets. Well, and this is an opportunity for realtors to understand and, and communicate to their buyers in particular that, you know, sitting on the sideline is is fine if you're willing to lose a property, but with with restricted inventory and the fact that there is multiple offer situations going on at, you know, sub, you know, high, the high sixes in, in the lending rates, um, you know, I think realtors have to readjust their own expectations and and make sure that when they communicate to clients that they're saying, yeah, I know that seems like a high number for for an interest rate, but you know, uh, going back to something you always say about dating the rate, marrying the home, and uh, understanding that you know, yeah, we may pay a slight premium, maybe we're paying over asking, or maybe we're paying a higher interest rate because of where rates are currently, but we're going to be able to, uh, you know, adjust that interest rate down most likely when, when rates do in fact come back. Um, but this is, I don't think this is a time to sit on the sidelines because there's just not that much inventory out there. And the ones that are jumping in, what we really need to do is design offers that are going to win, right? How many agents out there listening are submitting offers and we're losing, right? We don't want to lose. If we're going to go try to help our clients, we want to win offers and we don't want to be the one that is always coming in with the highest offer, all right? So I wanted to just share two strategies that we can do right now when, when we hear that dreaded, I'm calling for the highest and best, right? It seems like agents are doing that the day they put it on the market, they're saying, okay, here's an offer. And the agent comes back and says, we're looking for highest and best. So it's the second word. It's the best, right? So I don't always want my clients winning by being the highest. I want to go in and say that we're better than the other offers. And one of the ways that we do that is the strength of the pre-approval letter, right? Having the financing look as strong as possible is going to help you win here. Are we going to be able to compete with a cash offer? Probably not right? But I just had one last week where we were not the top offer. Uh, we were really strong on the financing and the most cash, uh, the highest cash offer was about 10 grand less than ours. So we won, even though we weren't the highest financed offer, we were better than the cash offer. And it's because we showed a strong down payment, the property address on the pre-approval letter. In other words, we were buttoned up. When yeah. all the other offers weren't as strong, we looked like we were the easiest option for the seller that'll get to the bottom line. And so, and not uh, all pre not all pre approval letters are created equal, <laughs> right? Like, um, yeah. it, it's it's important to to you know re if you're working with a lender and you know they're 
going to be putting out pre-approval letters, you do want the actual address of the property on the letter. That's a significant thing because, of course, uh, that that, tr- that that communicates a message to to the seller. The seller actually called because they do. Good sellers do. If you're listening, you know you call. And the other bank had a stale letter from over four weeks ago. It had an old rate. They weren't convinced that the buyers had even been in contact with the bank recently, where our letter had two days date. It had the property address. It was all specific, and it encouraged the listing agent to actually reach out to me if they had any questions to make sure this deal went through. So working with a lender that'll do that and you guys have mortgage partners right now that are just dying to help you. So make sure that when you're submitting your offer, you're calling back that mortgage professional that you're working with and having them put today's date on the letter, having them put the property address so that you can put together a nice package with a bow on top that looks better than every other offer. And I'm telling you, that is better than coming in 50 grand over with a stale letter that doesn't really match up. Okay. Yeah, because if if it's a stale letter and you know it doesn't look to be specific to the property or current, then then you have to investigate. Now the seller has to do homework, and now they have to reach back out and go, "Is this still? Is this is this current? Is this the right rate? Is this still valid?" And you'd never want a seller, especially in a multiple offer situation, to have to do extra work because you didn't your you and your lender didn't you know have an updated uh, uh, sheet. Absolutely. And so what we're doing now is I speak to the borrowers about what is the maximum amount that they would be comfortable putting down. We need to stand out. So the idea right now of, oh, 20% down being enough, maybe it is, but I've won a lot of deals recently where the buyer put down 30 or 40% on the pre-approval letter. Now it really stands out. It's really saying, look at this buyer, look at how strong they are. And I'll remind you that if you have a pre-approval letter that says that you're 40% down, it doesn't lock you into having to put 40% down on the loan. Okay, so if you can put your strongest offer forward and the contract comes in, the borrower could still decide to get a loan for more than that. You're not lying. You're not doing anything wrong in terms of the contract, but it helps you get this offer accepted. So being strong, finding alternative ways to make sure that you stand out is the way that you're going to submit offers that are designed to win. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So let's talk about buy downs as well. Okay. So we've we've touched on this before, but right now, one of the big chief complaints that buyers have is I don't want a 6.5% rate. This is, you know, I currently am in a mortgage that the rate is 3%. So it's a major change for me to go from 3% all the way up to six and a half percent. Right. So what we're having a lot of sellers do is fund a two, one rate buy down. So I'll give a quick example here. Uh, a buyer that's, let's say, let's say they're buying an $800,000 home with 20% down. At a 6.5% rate, that mortgage payment is $4,102, okay? The same buyer could literally go up and buy a $936,000 home. So DJ, almost 150 grand more. If the seller did a 2-1 buy down for them, they literally would have a mortgage of 39.10. So they would be less in terms of the monthly payment 
and the seller's the one funding the rate buy down. So it's just a big strategy right now. Not all sellers are going to do this for you, but if you can get in the habit of finding out what sellers would fund rate buy downs for your clients, it is a big win for these buyers that are kind of maybe sitting on the sidelines, right? How would you encourage a seller to explore the buy down option? Well, it's all about net dollars to the seller, right? There's no magic in this right now. So if a net buy down on that scenario for that $936,000 purchase ended up being about 18 grand in credits that the seller needed to pay, and that would be about a little over 2% of the purchase price in these hot multiple offer situations, you're probably not going to win. If you come in and submit an offer that needs a seller funded buy down, they'll probably laugh at you. They'll say, why would I want to go with this when I have three other offers that aren't being complex? But this is a situation where maybe there aren't any other offers, DJ. And our buyer says, I'm willing to pay the listing price if the seller funds a rate buy down. Okay, so if you're an agent out there, this is not an offer. This is not a strategy for multiple offers. This would be more where you know that there's not any other offers. Let's submit an offer as close to the asking price, but ask for some concessions. Yeah, that that makes sense, and that that's a good a good thing to realize. If you, anyone out there who is dealing with listings that are sitting and are not uh, not getting enough attention from buyers, this is a great strategy to start talking to buyers. Sorry, start talking to sellers about to present that option to a buyer. Um, this idea that we can we can help you with this uncomfortable, you know, mortgage payment basically for the next year or two. I think that is an exceptionally creative way to help people, you know, bridge that percent days. And now we're in the sixes. And so the strategy here is instead of just taking 18 grand off the price, because if the client was able to get an 18 grand credit to fund the buy down DJ, they would have also been able to pay 18 grand less for the home, right? So let's actually just do the math on this for a moment. So if you're listening, 18 grand off the price would be somewhere around 160 to $170 a month cheaper in terms of payment. It's a yeah. big number, 160 or 170 grand. But if you actually took that 18 grand and used the temporary rate buy down strategy, in year number one, the rate going from 6.5 down to 4.5 saves the client 910 bucks. Right. And, and that's, and, and that number. monthly number is the number that, that they care about, right? We all look at our monthly out and in uh, with, with respect to, to income and, and, uh, and expenses. And so, yeah, being able to cut a smaller check for a few years and hoping that, you know, the rates change and fall favorably during that time to where you can then refinance into a more comfortable long-term strategy. So let's be clear. This is not a strategy where we're not comfortable with what the payment is anyway, okay? Because this is not an excuse to get in over your head, okay? Let me be very clear. This is not a strategy where, oh, I absolutely need the seller to fund the buy-down, otherwise I'm uncomfortable, okay? We don't want to put our buyers into a bad position ever. We want our clients comfortable with the payments where the rates are today. We want to see if the seller wants to fund a buy down instead of taking a price reduction. And if so, it's hundreds of dollars in the client's favor in terms of a monthly payment. And so it's icing on the cake. All right. That's the idea behind a 2-1 rate down uh, strategy. Because I hear it all the time. They go, well, what happens in two years? The rates are going to go, your payment is going to be higher. 
it's not like an adjustable rate mortgage where all of a sudden we're afraid that rates are going to go up. We know what the rates are. We're locked in. This is an, a way to get a reduction for the first year or two. And if we can get that paid for by the seller, uh, everyone smiles. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. If you were an agent right now, Joel, what would you what would you encourage our listeners to start doing um, as like you know a, a regular exercise to help keep the business moving forward? Yeah, I mean, right now you got to literally look at what the client's bottom line number is. That's the big thing, right? You're so right when you say they look at what the payments are per month, right? And there's a payment shock right now. Just a traditional like first-time home buyer that's buying a three or four hundred thousand dollar home, their mortgage payments from being in the low threes or below to where they're at now, they're eight or nine hundred dollars more a month for that home. That's going to keep certain people on the sidelines. Okay, so you got to see if you're a seller that has a property that's not moving. Doing a price reduction is really not going to move the needle much. We just talked about that, right? So exploring the ways that you can say seller to buy the rate down. People are all talking about rates right now. So if you can get in that language and say reduced rates for the buyer of this property, and you can put it in the MLS, it's just another way to get interest in the property. And you got to understand it though. You got to understand what that 2-1 rate buy down is. So that's why I wanted to go slow and walk through how that worked and make sure that sellers could maybe use this strategy to move a property that's not moving. Yeah. I also think too, like it's an interesting time to reach out to homeowners and to talk about the lack of inventory in the market, because being that we are seeing multiple offers it's it's a heck of a good time to consider listing a property. It's it's a difficult time finding a, a new property. So th- there's there's push and pull to all of this, but a good loan officer can sit down with a current homeowner and say, "Well, let's figure out with your realtor what we think we can get for this property based on current market trends and then let's figure out based on rates and availability of inventory what our next move is our next buy side transaction is and it might make sense because again there's just it's just one of those things where you have to kind of run the numbers but this is where you really need a a really dedicated loan officer who's able to sort of crunch those numbers to see, hey, it is a good time to actually list the property, even though we're in high interest rates, low inventory. You're going to get more for your sale. It's going to even out possibly on the buy side in the future. Um, And then maybe you can even find a buy down situation if the seller is willing to do that too. But I guess the point is that it's we need to be very careful not to just say rates are high, inventory is low. Like, yes, and... It's that old, you know, way of uh, of doing improv, right? You yes and <laughs> yes, that's yes. true, and and we can still uh, find opportunities here, and that people still need to move, and sometimes it makes sense to uh, sell when there's not much inventory, even though the rates are high and inventory is low. Yeah, I got a yes and for you that makes perfect sense. The client says rates are high and inventory is low, and you'll say, you know, I don't want to pay a six and a half percent rate, and you'll say. Yes, and your rate right now on rent is 100% interest because you're paying every single dollar right to your landlord. And I like the idea of paying 6.5% a lot better than I like paying 100%. You put it in those terms, it really starts to sink home what somebody's paying for rent versus what they could actually get when they start owning a property. 
I think I think there's such an opportunity for because I didn't know this until I owned a property. Nobody, I don't know, maybe I'm just a dummy and well, I, I'm a little bit of a dummy, but um, I suspect there's a lot of people like me, so I'm not the only dummy out there um, that literally didn't know about mortgage interest deduction when it comes to tax time. I didn't know when I was renting because no one ever told me and I never had that experience. And then all of a sudden I got the nicest gift, you know, the next April after I bought my first property a million years ago. I was like, whoa, what's this? I get this some money back. And that's something that I know that's not necessarily going to get somebody to want to buy a property just for that alone, but that is a nice benefit that I feel doesn't get talked about enough if you are taking on a loan. I always break it down in this in real simple terms for a first-time home buyer and numbers that agents can repeat, okay? Because it's hard to understand this interest deduction. What what the hell are we actually talking about? Interest uh, taxes, right? Are we talking property taxes? Are we talking federal income, right? So. Here it is in a nutshell, if you're an agent and you wanna be able to recreate this and explain it. And so we're gonna use real small numbers. We're gonna say a buyer that's making 60 grand on a W-2 job, right? That now takes on a mortgage and let's say they have $10,000 of interest that they paid in year number one. Well, before they had the mortgage, they paid federal income taxes, DJ, all 60 grand of their income. All right. But next year, since they've already paid $10,000 of interest, instead of paying taxes on all 60 grand, they're only going to pay taxes on $50,000 of income. And this is not a CPA answer, right? This is not the exact numbers, but this is the way that you can explain it so that you're uh, coming across educated, okay? And making sure that you're teaching buyers exactly what interest deduction is in real simple terms. Yeah, it basically reduces your tax liability for income, and it's it's a fantastic, thank, thankful uh, thing that we should be very grateful for to our country um, because it does uh, make us all a little happier come tax refund time. But it's also something that, again, I think that most renters are unfamiliar with. So it's a nice little uh, a sort of add-on to um, making you know the point that home ownership. Uh, historically is is a much better investment than renting, which we know is not an investment. And DJ, I'm so glad you said that because there's so many people that are buying right now. And, and before we wrap up, I really wanted to hammer home the idea for buyers that they don't need a large down payment. All right. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the changes in mortgage insurance because there's so much misinformation out there on this. Okay. So most people think you need to have 20% down, right? And a lot of people have learned that maybe you don't and agents out there, we all know that you don't need 20% down, but it is crazy to me, the number of first time buyers that still have this as a fallacy. Okay. Sure. The next fallacy is that if you don't put 20% down, let's say we are a first time home buyer doing a $300,000 purchase and we're going to put 15 grand down. These are my favorite kind of buyers. They're going to buy. They don't need anywhere near 20% down. And they're always shocked to find out how low their mortgage insurance is because the online calculators overestimate this like crazy. A mortgage insurance for a $300,000 place with only 5% down might be $70 or $80, okay? But everyone, everyone and their mother Everyone and their brother remembers when mortgage insurance was three or four hundred dollars a month. And so they're 
hearing two different things. You got to put 20% down because the mortgage insurance is too high. It's really truly not the case. Mortgage insurance rates have continued to go down. There's a lot less volatility with people defaulting. And when there's less defaults on mortgages because values are going up, the rates are lower. And so you would be hard pressed to find a mortgage insurance that costs three or $400. So it's a really good thing to sit down and talk to your mortgage guy that you're usually working with and have an understanding of how much mortgage insurance is for the price point that you're at in your market so that you can speak intelligently to buyers because that objection will come up, DJ. And the, there say, is, yeah, there is a, a lot of there discrepancy. Is a, you're right. There is a psychological hurdle to accepting privatized mortgage insurance. And I know when I, when I got my first um, condo, I couldn't afford to put 20% down. And this was back in 2005 or six. And, and so I did uh, have to pay PMI. And I remember there was a little bit of like, oh, I'm doing this wrong. I'm doing something wrong because my, my LO at the time, my loan officer was, was not particularly skilled at like walking me through like, yeah. no, don't worry. It's no big deal. And it really was no big deal even back then. Um, but it, 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 so I, I think, I think there is like a lot of education that needs to happen. And this is where the realtor and the loan officer can step in and help, you know, coach the client through, because I remember feeling like a little bit ashamed that I couldn't put 20% down because I had been conditioned to think that was what you were supposed to do. That's what a responsible home buyer does. And the reality of it, Joel's Joel's, uh, laughing because he's like, that has nothing to do with responsibility. You know, either you have the money or you don't, but there are creative ways to do it. And so I had to do it with a second uh, loan um, to to cover the PMI, and it it really did not negatively affect my lifestyle or in or or my home ownership uh, in a negative way at all. Um, but I had that psychological hurdle to jump over. So as realtors, we need to recognize those hurdles when when they come up in, in buyers and and recondition them to explain that you're right. You don't. You don't need 20%. And not only do you not need 20%, it's not necessarily a horrible thing that you don't have it. And there's so many times where I talk to the parents of somebody who's buying a home. So they're young first time home buyers. And maybe the parents are giving a gift DJ. And they remember when mortgage insurance was high, when it really yeah. was throwing money out the window. Sure. Okay. So they're not wrong when they tell their son or daughter, oh, you're talking to a mortgage guy and they're telling you to do mortgage insurance. Right. Oh, so they were right for their time. Mortgage insurance used to be on a $300,000 loan, three or $400 a month. So when they're being told, oh, their son or daughter is told to go get mortgage insurance, of course it sounds like a scam. Of course it sounds like I want to give the down payment money and help them. But I talked to so many of them and what they find out is when they actually see the mortgage insurance numbers that they would be presented, they no longer want to give the big gift to their son or daughter. So then they, they end up loving me because times change. And things change, you need to be what's current and right now. And mortgage insurance rates have continued to come down. Um, and that's something that a lot of people that bought 10 years ago or 20 years ago just wouldn't be privy to. So now you are on this and you're listening. Now you know as well that mortgage insurance rates are as low as they've been. Yeah, it's a it's a good time to it's the best time to not have twenty percent if you don't have it. And again, these are all just little norms that we have to challenge from time to time. And this is why having a relationship with an LO who can keep you up to date on the current trends and 
keep adjusting a realtor's understanding of what's going on in the lending world is so so critical. So this really brings us to a, a great point. Joel and his team send out a weekly recap of what's going on in the mortgage world so that you as a realtor know some data points, some some quick sort of, you know, TikTok style, uh, yeah. you know, sort of quick and easy and important uh you know, sort of little little data points to be able to explain to keep you uh, and your clients up to date. So, Joel, what's the best way somebody can get on that mailing list? Well, yeah, DJ, the the mailing list I actually just did uh, three weeks ago talked about the mortgage insurance. I got a crazy amount of replies for agents that say, I did not know that. I'm still in the old school thinking in terms of mortgage insurance being a lot higher. So, yeah, you can email directly to me and I'll put you on the list. It's Joel, J-O-E-L, at rate.com. So really easy, Joel at R-A-T-E.com. And even if you're just on your phone right now listening to this, you can drop an email. And in the subject line, it just says, please add me, right? And then in the body, it'll say, please add me to your newsletter. And it'll be very straightforward. And then you'll be able to have dissectable, easy tidbits that you can share on a weekly basis without getting so caught up in the minutia of the mortgage business. It's something that you can speak to and say, ah, every week I learn something and uh, it'll help you grow your business for sure. And if you are also uh, interested in partnering with a loan officer who's going to actually help you grow your business, uh, Joel and his team, this is really what they do exceptionally well. So if you're looking to form a partnership and see if you guys can coordinate together to improve uh, both uh, production on on your side and on the the loan side, um, reach out to Joel and he and his team would love to speak with you. Guaranteed rate, of course, is um, is, is eligible to practice in all 50 states. But Joel, what is the best way uh, someone should reach out to you if they want to work on a partnership? Yeah, you can email me directly and then you could even phone me 773-654-2049. You'll be shocked that we actually answer and return phone calls. And the buyers that you refer over, uh, I can waive the fees for them. So I'll give a $1,500 closing cost credit. And now as an agent, you'll say, I have a lender that's in my corner that'll help the buyer pay no points, get their lender fees waived. And the only expense that they would have to do their first transaction with us is the appraisal cost. So it's a big win for you. And it's a good way for us to start building a relationship. And guys, the way that you can help Joel be able to continue to offer those kind of discounts is by helping our show grow and reach more listeners and viewers. So please tell a friend about the show. Think of one other realtor, maybe somebody who's maybe a little bit pessimistic or negative right now. There's there's a lot to be pessimistic and negative about, but this episode might just, in fact, turn their mindset around. So tell other agents about our show. Just tell one other agent is all that we ask. And also sign up for Joel's uh, newsletter by emailing joel at rate.com and get that weekly update and reach out to him as well if you want to partner and do some cool events together. Nobody does events like Joel and his team. They're incredible and um, they're, they're here in Chicago um, and Joel's team is is really nationwide, but um, here in Chicago, I get to 
the, to go to some of Joel's events and oh my goodness, are they a lot of fun and they work for everybody. So reach out to Joel. If you don't have a good relationship with a loan officer or if you're looking to see what other loan officers can do for you, reach out to Joel and guaranteed rate. Those they're just they're just top top of top class. And so I couldn't encourage you to do that more. So please do that. Tell a friend about the show and a great place to wrap up. So Joel, um, on behalf of the audience, thank you for coming on once again. You've been with us almost since the very beginning. We um, I, w- I was going to read a fan letter, but we will get to that on our next episode. Um, I wanted to share because we do get fan letters and I never read them. So I wanted to share that next time we come on, we'll do that. And But I wanted to thank you on behalf of the audience because uh, the audience is so grateful that that you do come on every month. And I want to make sure that we acknowledge Joel. And then, of course, we want to acknowledge you, the listener, for coming on, listening, and um, absorbing this information. And hopefully, it's helping you increase your business and making you more productive and hopefully more money as well. So thank you to the listeners and thank you to Joel. We will see everybody on the next episode. So thanks so much. And Joel, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for having me on, DJ.